You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball. Stay informed by making us part of your daily routine. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Today's episode of Locked On Kentucky is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Remember to use promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. A lot going on, Kyle, obviously uh, in the world and with the Black Lives Matter and all the, the, the these like people who are jumping in on it and using it as an opportunity to, to loot. And I don't mean black lives matter looters. I mean, I, I, people in Santa Monica, all kinds of white people like out looting. And then you see white people spray painting things and, 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 it, and then they get blamed and uh, it's just absolute madness uh, that this stuff is going on. And then we had uh, someone else, uh, an, a, a restaurant owner in Louisville, get shot, um, killed, get shot and killed. Um, that police video has just come out. Um, it's hard to tell whether the man had a gun or not. Uh, the police claimed that he, uh, fired at them, but it's just, there was no, well, and the problem there is there's no body cam footage, even though there was supposed to be the police uh, chief the, has been fired because, uh, there, it was mandatory that these officers be wearing their body cameras and uh, they either weren't wearing them or they weren't turned on. And that's just inexcusable. It's a, it's a simple measure that's been in place for a long time now, uh, to help, uh, deter things like this, to make sure. Well, that, thank goodness. Uh, we have a governor who is standing up for all of this and saying this investigation into Breonna Taylor is taking way too long. This shouldn't be happening. You have to wear these body cams. Uh, these injustices are not right. This isn't about politics. This is about uh, human life. And uh, thank goodness we have a, a leader who is just recently elected. Who's who's leading. Um, that's, that's nice to see. Uh, but on, on these issues, and what's going on in our society. Um, you called for coaches to come out and speak up uh, because they should. I think they do have an obligation to to speak up and use their platform uh, for change in, in this situation. And when you called for that on Twitter, it wasn't, wasn't too long after that that Mark Stoops tweeted out a message of support. Uh, and then John Calipari went on Twitter and put out a video uh, and saying that he suspended his coffee with Cal on Monday on Facebook because that is something that he uses to raise money for the pandemic. Um, and now he wants to shift and use his platform uh, to fight racial inequality, which is great that that's what he's doing. And he didn't fully let us know what the plan was, but uh, it seems like some type of open discussion uh, to get a dialogue started is what he wants to do. So don't know when that's going to happen yet. He hinted that it might be uh, next Monday, uh, but we'll see and looking forward to to seeing what he's able to do because John Calipari throughout his entire time at Kentucky, uh, whenever there has been tragedy or where there's been need uh, globally and throughout the country where he's seen injustice and where he's seen 
natural disasters. He's he's mobilized and used his platform to do good. Yeah, and, and it's something he's talked to players about for a long time. Uh, I actually went back yesterday and looked. I remembered a, a, a preseason interview, and I don't even remember what the issue at hand was. Uh, it may have been some, something racially I assume it was something racially related back then because of the way Cal Perry steered that question. But uh, he was asked in one of our summer uh, preseason roundtables in 2016. Uh, it was a handful of us that talked to him every year. Won't probably won't get to do that this year. But uh, um, the question was: You've always advocated for your guys being involved in the community, especially when they leave here. Uh, what do you think about athletes using their platform politically and for social causes and thing those kinds of things? Uh, and he, he threw that long, he gave a long answer and he talked about the, the process he goes through with guys about making sure, uh, educate yourself on the cause, make sure that everything they believe you believe, everything they stand for, you stand for. That's the first step because you don't want to get sucked into something where you, you maybe agree with part of their platform, but there's something that you really don't agree with that's also baked into that. Uh, you know, why do they want to use you? Uh, you know, to get to because you're going to bring attention to their cause to so make sure that's a cause you really care about and, and, and talked about weighing the consequences. You know, if, you, if you're OK with the consequences, absolutely put yourself out there. Um, but then I thought the more interesting thing relevant to today was uh, Cal saying, um, I've been in the company of uh, and they kind of trailed off. There was Bruiser Flint, uh, uh, African-American former assistant coach of John Calipari's at UMass. Uh, he said where we would go in a store and I'd go one way, he'd go the other way. And there'd be two people following him and watching him. No one watch me. I've been mm. in a car where I'm on the passenger side, sitting back, passed out. He's driving and it's two in the morning and we get pulled over. Where are you going? What are you doing? Which road did you take? Why were you there? What were you doing? Did you take this road or did you take the other road? Until I sit up and say, sir, did we, did we do something? Is there something wrong here? I've been on an airplane where in first class they come to me and say, hey, sir, would you like something to drink? And they go to Bruiser and say, what do they say to him? Can I see your ticket? Mm. And you see his ticket. You know me. Why didn't you ask me for my ticket? Why are you asking him for his ticket? Um, and so Cal you know, has talked about seeing that and experiencing that firsthand. Uh, and that was back in 2016. And so I did think it was important for him, especially him, to speak out when it comes to the world of college basketball because he's got a huge platform, the biggest in college basketball. Uh, and a lot of people pay attention when he talks. And he's also the leader of many young black men and older black men. Kenny Payne works for him and, and Tony Barbie and others. Um, you know, A lot of people in that athletic department uh, looking to him um, in a, in a situation like this, how, how is this very powerful, very rich white man um, is how, and how, and is he going to take a stand for us? And he has, and I, and I, I have been impressed with it. He's now on three occasions since Friday made public men mention of this. Uh, he had a series of tweets about it on Friday night, uh, on Sunday, he released the video in which, uh, again, that, there was more substance to the video and, and I appreciated that than his, even his initial statement, because in the video he names George Floyd, uh, Brianna Taylor, uh, the woman who was killed by police in Louisville, uh, Ahmaud Arbery, who was uh, chased down by two men in a truck and, and killed in cold blood on video. Um, he mentions them by name and that's important. And, and yeah. I hope as he, as he goes forward in the conversation, he mentions the issue by name, uh, because that's also really important. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of sort of mealy mouth statements and I don't mean cows. I mean, others 
that are just sort of, uh, we, we, you know, all uh, these times we're in and everybody's hurting and uh, it doesn't really say what the issue, the, the issue is, is, is racial injustice, oppression, police brutality. It's okay to say it because it's not saying all police are brutal. It's saying that we have too many police killing black people who could be uh, either who either did nothing wrong or if they were in fact being arrested for something could have been detained in a way that didn't lead to their death. Um, right. And, you know, people have mentioned Dylan Roof, who went in a black church and killed a bunch of people, was peacefully brought to justice and served, you know, coffee and donuts or whatever while he's being interrogated. Um, that always funny how that always seems to happen. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think Cal's statements have been really good. He joined today uh, in the movement. There have been a lot of people uh, sharing on social media a black square, just a black black square uh, and, and under the hashtag blackout Tuesday. And he said, yesterday I shut down coffee with Cal because I want to listen. And if this gets us all to listen, I'm all in and we should all be posting this black lives matter. Hashtag blackout Tuesday. Um, and Mark Stoops also tweeted the same John Schlarman, um, Vince Marrow, seen several UK coaches yeah. tweet the same. And, and I, I would tell you that uh, being in that position and tweeting this, just tweeting three words, Black Lives Matter, is not an uncontroversial thing. <laughs> it, it's sad. It, shouldn't, it should not be controversial. But there are a lot of people that get angry when you say Black Lives Matter because they want to scream All Lives Matter or Blue Lives mm. Matter or all those things. And, of course, it is true that All Lives Matter. Uh, but, but they're not the ones being systematically killed by, correct. by the authorities. Yeah, correct. And and it's okay to bring attention to one issue. It doesn't mean that all other issues are, are no longer, uh, important or people are, are important. So that was bold. I think a bold step by all of those coaches. And I, I was glad to see it. Well, we're going to take a break. Uh, we have more to talk about Wes Unseld, a, a legend in the state of Kentucky, a great basketball player for the Washington Wizards uh, and the University of Louisville. Uh, he passed away today. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins and the Kings radio announcer and TV announcer. Oh, gosh. Zion Williamson, there was something there. And UK has a plan to come back. We were talking about John Calipari there. Well, you spoke to Keon Brooks Sr. Uh, and got some information on what that plan is. We'll discuss all that as we continue here on Locked on Kentucky. But I want to tell you about this protein bar I recently discovered. It's called Built Bar. Uh, first time I tried it, I thought I was eating a candy bar. I've tried so many different varieties. Uh, the, yesterday, I tried the banana nut bread. And it seems crazy, like a banana nut bread protein bar. Well, it worked. I mean, there were, there were when I took a bite of it and you bite into a walnut and taste the banana, it, it tastes like banana nut bread. It was crazy. I couldn't believe that I was tasting this in a protein bar. Built Bar has 16 different flavors. They have more than that now. They introduced uh, four new limited limited run uh, flavors like uh, Blueberry Lemon, which I haven't tried that one yet. Looking forward to it. But they're all covered in 100% chocolate. Uh, some of the flavors come in nut, nut-based flavors. But if you have a nut allergy, they have uh, several flavors, eight or more, that are produced in nut-free facilities. Uh, and they're great as well. I've had those, like the chocolate orange, really good. Built Bar is low calorie, low sugar, low carbs, high protein, high fiber. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on to get $10 off your first order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off your first order at builtbar.com. 
You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, back here on Locked On Kentucky. And uh, Kyle, uh, one of the uh, state's all-time legends, Wes Unseld, uh, passed away at the age of 74, former University of Louisville standout, uh, belongs to the he was a member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, was obviously a star with the Washington Bullets in the day. Uh, I just saw something. You, I don't know if you remember this, but um, Dick Gabriel, our friend, uh, did a documentary on Adolf Rupp years ago. And in it, he interviewed Wes Unseld about being recruited to Kentucky to become the University of Kentucky's first African-American basketball player. And Wes Unseld said that he got death threats. Uh, he got dead chickens. In the mail, he said, got dead okay. chickens. Uh, and he said he, he didn't think he could do it. Uh, he just said, and this was, you know, much later in his years as he had time to reflect on it. But he said, I was the type of guy uh, coming out of Louisville Seneca High School that if you spit in my face, I'm going to spit right back at you. I was not going to be able to take the abuse uh, that it was going to that I was going to have to deal with by being the first African-American basketball player at the university of Kentucky. Um, and I mean, you got to respect that, how hard it must've been back then. You see what we're going through now, how hard it must've been back then to think about being an 18 year old and breaking the barrier and what that meant. Uh, but the family re- released a statement uh, saying that he had lengthy health battles most recently with pneumonia called him the rock of our family, devoted patriarch, uh, reveled in being with his wife, children, friends, and teammates. He was our hero. And it, it, it's a sad day, age 74, Wes Unseld, uh, gone. Yeah, I, I was going to bring up, you know, what his place in history might have been in this state. I mean, he, he was obviously a, a Titan as it was, but uh, if he if he had been the ver- the first b- black player at Kentucky, uh, a legend, um, you know, and that much sooner than when it when the program was finally integrated, um, what a what a story that would have been, and how different that story would have been. But uh, I guess he I guess arguably not even not even really arguably right the greatest player to come out of the state. Anyway, yeah. Rested peace, Wes Unsell. I did. I, I, I admittedly was not following it, but uh, did not realize he was uh, gravely ill. So sorry to see that. Uh, on to a former Kentucky Wildcat, Demarcus Cousins. Uh, he had an exchange on Twitter uh, with uh, the guy who is the. I guess he's the he's the play by play announcer for Sacramento Kings Radio. Um. And he had he had called Demarcus Cousins in the past something along the lines of oh uh, just like the most the crudest worst nastiest player I've ever seen or this was after Demarcus had left the Kings and the guy's name is Grant Napier and he has a, a radio show as well and so you know Cousins said to him hey. Uh, uh, just interested to get your take on uh, the Black Lives Matters uh, movement. And the guy came back and said, basically, all lives matter. He's like, hey, great to hear from you. Thought you'd forgotten about me. Yeah, all lives matter. And 
Cousins came back and said, yeah, that's about what I expected from you. And then Chris Webber said, DeMarcus, we know and have known who Grant is. The team knows as well. I've told them many times. They've seen it. They know who he is. And then two clown emojis. And Matt Barnes came back and said, yep, closet racist. And I got to commend the um, the radio station and the, the TV network, the TV network for the uh, Sacramento Kings came out and said, yeah, we don't, we don't support this view at all. And the radio station put him on administrative leave. The guy yeah. tried to come back and say in the newspaper the next day that uh, he didn't realize that all lives matter was dismissive of the black lives matter movement, but come on. He, I, I'm pretty sure he knew. He he knows what that means. Yes. Uh, yes. I mean, uh, I would maybe be inclined to give him a pass, but it was really, I think, telling and powerful to see a lot of former kings <laughs> and some big names just come out of the woodwork saying, like, everybody knows who this guy is. Um, I mean, uh, to hear um, – I uh, just went brain dead. Um, <laughs> Chris Weber, sorry. Uh, yeah. To hear to to see Chris Weber say like I've been telling management you know this forever you know who this guy is they know everybody knows um, you know I don't want to uh, you know harshly judge somebody that I do not personally know I don't know anything about this guy or his story other than this exchange um, but you know I, while I would be inclined to give someone a, a little bit of a pass when they make the excuse I didn't know all lives matter was a you know dismissive of Black Lives Matter. Um, when, when the response from people who, uh, had a professional relationship with him is overwhelmingly backing up that assertion. I think, I I think we kind of get it. And, and if companies and, and, uh, franchises and media groups and other places uh, will stand up to people when this stuff happens, I think it's going to change, you know, if you, you, that's what it's going to take. I, I don't think people should have to fear for their job for making, um, uh, you know, for making a an error in judgment in what they say on certain things. But I think if, if what it takes is a zero tolerance policy of look, if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, uh, if you're going to sort of um, walk up to the line of what is acceptable um, when it comes to race and race relations, then we'll have no tolerance. That'll change behaviors. You know, people want to keep their jobs. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. If, if, if you want to be a, a racist in this country, uh, you can be, uh, but it, you need to do it a quietly. Company, a company, you need to do yeah. it behind your closed doors, and you need to yeah. make sure that none of your actions uh, uh, affect others. You know, uh, yeah, you can't. And I think that's. Can't be a, I, mean, I think that's what's happening right now. Is is we live in a time now where once again it is uh, like fair game to just be out yeah. there with your racism. Uh, right. I don't think any of us. Well, I think most of us probably in the back of our mind knew that like racism was still lurking in the background <laughs> that it was still, and for right. some people still in the foreground, but it, it, uh, w- when society, uh, shuns people for it, you know, I don't think we should cancel culture in all cases as good, but when society shuns people for an abhorrent behavior, like racism or right. an outward display of it, uh, at the very least it, it will, it will chase these, uh, rats back into their holes and they can, you know, they can go be that way in quiet. 
total agreement there. All right, we got to take another break. Uh, when we return here on Locked On Kentucky, we'll we'll briefly uh, talk about the Zion Williamson situation, but more so get into UK's plan to welcome players back. We'll do that when we continue here on Locked On Kentucky. Did you know that auto store chains have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear, like, you know, airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody. You don't have to have a membership or an account login. And RockAuto.com can save you more than $100 uh, on the same exact part that you would buy at one of these auto store chains. And one reason to you know repair and maintain your cars right now is to save money uh, that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. But with the ever-increasing number of makes and models out there, it's impossible for these auto store chains to stock all the parts you need. So why endure that guy at the counter that you have to tell him uh, your, your car is making model? And then he asks you, well, is it an LX or an EX or an LS? Or it's, I, I don't know. I just, just, can you get me the part? Well, yeah. You know what he does? He orders it on his computer. You can do that for yourself at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, SUV, or truck. And be sure to type in Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky and mentioned right before the break that we would uh, talk about Zion Williamson for a minute. You know... You heard about this uh, a few weeks ago where the agent came out and said uh, suing him for breach of contract and Zion countersued and um, said it it wasn't that and whatever. But uh, the bottom line was, is that this suit was asking for testimony under oath from Zion Williamson about receiving improper benefits to attend Duke University. And those questions were already asked, like, did you or anyone acting on your behalf uh, directly or indirectly accept money, benefits, favors, or other things of value to induce or incentivize you to select Duke as your college for undergraduate study? And so on and so forth. Well, a judge in Miami denied Williamson's request for a protective order, ruling that he must answer those questions under oath, which maybe Mike Krzyzewski will have to do the same. Yeah, I'm guessing he's going to settle this thing pretty quickly now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although, you know, it's a test of his loyalty to Duke. Like, how how much is he willing to cough up to protect Duke? Uh, mm. I mean, assu- assuming he got paid, you know, let's, let's not just assume that he did. But, uh, uh, you know, if there's something there, if there's something untoward there that under oath he is not going to risk purging, perjuring himself uh in testimony i would assume all parties involved would like him to settle that case so he doesn't have yeah. to do that but my god if he gets up on on, on the stand 
that that'll be a blockbuster. Um, that would be some yeah. of the most c- coveted uh, uh, testimony footage in sports history. Um, so yeah, I, I think you know, you're probably right. We don't we don't get to see that. I think yeah. uh, you're probably right about that. All probably, right, let's get to not. let's get to uh, one of the meat meats of this uh, podcast. Saved it for last, and it is the story that you put out in the Athletic uh, that uh, John Calipari has laid out the plans for when players return to campus and how it will be done. Uh, you spoke with Keon Brooks Sr. and uh, it's called the bubble. Explain to us what the bubble is. Yeah, it looks like they're they're that's how they were kind of discussing it on the Zoom call with the families uh, last Thursday. Um and, and Keon Brooks' dad said that meeting finally got me excited. He said we ha- we finally had a date and a plan to start the process. This was the first time you could really say, "Okay, maybe we're moving forward now." Um looks like they're going to start between the week of June 22nd and June 29th bringing the basketball players back. Um and this is not a huge surprise, even though, you know, nationally, I think June 8th is the date and a lot of the football team will start coming back then. Uh, it's not of as much priority to get the basketball team back that early. Um, and also, I think they're just trying to balance, you know, I think they're trying to get a handle on, you know, let's bring these football players that have to get going in, you know, a small number of them, see how the testing and all that stuff goes and how does the process work with them before we start bringing more athletes on campus so june 22nd to june 29th hoping to have the whole roster back on campus by the 29th i think um and then he just kind of went through some of the the checklist of things they've told parents that they're going to do to keep their kids safe and he, he keon brookstad said he felt very good about sending his kid back based on this plan uh when they get to campus uh they'll be uh tested for the virus uh They'll enter a 72-hour quarantine to let those results come back and also just to monitor them for any symptoms or signs of issues. Um, and uh, then once they're cleared from that, they'll go through their normal preseason physicals um, while they're staying in the dorms. Right now, there are no other students. Normally, that uh, Wildcat Coal Lodge uh, is required to have normal students in it, just an right. extra, extra benefit thing. Right now, because all the um, – all the classes are online. None of those other students will be there. So it'll just be the basketball in a rare situation. It'll just be the basketball team in the basketball dorm. Uh, and so they'll be able to spread out. Uh, and, and I don't know what they'll do when the full student body comes back. Maybe by then we'll have a better handle on this thing, but the initial plan is they'll fan out. There'll be no roommates like normal in the lodge. There'll be no sharing bathrooms. Everybody will have their own private, you know, spaces. Um, um, in terms of like they're going to have you know staff deliver food they don't want them going out to restaurants and getting food they want to keep them in the bubble um you know, or like a DoorDash be... delivery service uh yeah they're not going to do that either like that they're right. they're going to they're going to have uh they don't want any sort of outside influence if they can help uh yeah, they're yeah. going to have UK staff bringing food to the players all the communal communal type eating that they do and snack foods they have at the you know the the post workout snacks and stuff snack bar Gatorade bar, whatever that they have in uh, the practice facility, that'll all be shut down and and under stricter uh, guidelines. And then just all the 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 actual, you know, how are they dealing with basketball stuff? When they lift weights, uh, they're going to be doing that one on one with strength coaches, not as a big group in there lifting like you always see. 
uh, conditioning drills they'll do, do in some groups, but they're going to be small groups, you know, four, five, six guys fanned out across a football field doing all their conditioning runs and stuff. They're not going to be right on each other. Um, and then the first basketball workouts in these first couple weeks, at least, it's going to be no more than two players in a gym at a time, one on each end on a basket with a rebound machine and just going through, you know, getting shots up and working their whatever their kind of shooting drills are by themselves. Yeah. Um, and, and Brooks dad said, look, it's going to be really different. Everything, you know, individualized, not team oriented until further notice, but at least it's something to get them started towards building, uh, to the season. And, uh, you know, he said Calipari f- seemed kind of open, uh, sorry, kind of optimistic in, in more recent times that, you know, he doesn't know for sure when, or if they're going to have setbacks, but he feels like there is going to be a season. Um, you know, and, you know, maybe by, you know, the end, you know, a month from a month from June 29th, you know, by the end of July, maybe they're having real basketball practices with the whole team. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's a big important step that they have a date, they have a plan. I think it's really good that, you know, they have a plan that parents are really very reassured about. Uh, Brooks's dad said they listened to every question parents had, every concern, and came back and said, here's our answer. Here's what we'll do to address that. Um, so it feels like they're taking it seriously. Not every school that's talked about bringing athletes back has said, has ensured that they're going to test them when they get there. I can't believe that. Mm, uh, yeah. And so it was good to hear that Kentucky's plan is immediately to test these guys and then I think monitor them. So uh, I think that's good. And keep them in a bubble, apparently. They don't, a bubble. They don't want them, yeah. yeah, they don't want them going out and, and socializing and, and doing all that. So we'll see how it all works out. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Kentucky. Our next one, uh, we're going to have right out for you uh, tomorrow uh, on Wednesday and all football. We're going to pretty much focus on the state of the program article that you put out, uh, Kyle. I think it was out on uh, Sunday. Yep. Uh, State of the UK football program going over all the positions and uh, a couple, uh, couple three uh, statements from Mark Stoops that I found interesting. And we'll discuss that on the next edition of Locked On Kentucky. In the meantime, if you want more sports, you want more podcasts, keep it with Locked On. We've got a Locked On SEC show, and you can tell your smart device to now play the latest episode of Locked On SEC. We will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. <laughs>